unmute our mics here and let's turn off this rock and roll music. All right, there should be a fader there, but there's not because you know why? This is episode 44. Did I get that right? I have no clue. I don't either. And I think that's the one thing that he was like, dang, you got to get this right. Uh, no, uh, it's episode 43. Episode 43 of the sports card strategy show obviously this is kendall mckee paul hickey is out of town i think he's like um just exploring africa i think so i think he's like in kenya or somewhere somewhere crazy so regardless it's the kendall and andy show for the next two weeks and we're about to get wild and and just go football only for the next couple of weeks because we have entered into a space of football selling season would you say that andy yeah it's a great assessment it is a great time to be a football card seller if you've held cards in your collection for some time awesome so we're definitely going to touch on that we're going to touch on um a couple of fantasy stuff a couple of the draft kit stuff we're going to pull that up we're going to have a good time with that and i don't know if paul is going to be happy or sad or mad by the time he gets back but we might have a new cult following after this, and maybe we just run with the show ourselves for the next forever. Uh, but no, we will have the next two weeks will be me and Andy. Feel free to drop comments. We will try to do the exact same thing we've always done and try to keep some sort of normalcy without Paul Hickey's little face in this left-hand box over here. And this is the first time I'm using StreamYard, so... There might be some hiccups, and you're just going to have to grow with us. But if you're if you're watching live, feel free to drop comments. If you're watching later, um, no, I can't help you, but maybe drop some YouTube comments. Also, if you guys are listening to this live, we are, or if you're listening to this on podcast, we're super glad you're here. And I don't want to go any further without recognizing um, some of the things that Paul asked me to say. For instance, if you guys are interested in any of the content that we are pushing at uh, nooffseason.com, in the bottom right hand corner of what we're doing here, you can save 20% by using nooffseason.com. We have a ton of stuff that's rolling out in the next couple of months. There we go, Andy. Nice. Uh, we got a couple of stuff rolling out of the next couple of months. Primarily right now, we have a draft kit that we are launching. We're super excited about this Dominator football draft kit that Andy has worked tirelessly on over the last couple of months. And here's a little sneak peek, a little nugget for you guys. We will be doing these for each sport coming out. I know uh, Paul and I are going to work on a baseball one. We're going to work on a basketball one. Um, I think that's primarily going to be Paul working on a, a basketball fantasy draft kit. But there is an intersection like uh, like none other in fantasy and sports cards. And we're trying to figure out what that looks like. All three of us have backgrounds in fantasy sports. Uh, you guys definitely are more professional than me and probably have more chips than I do. But, uh, but um, we wanted you to go to nooffseason.com, use the code, it'll save you 20%. And we also don't want to go any further by saying the tools that we will use for today's evaluations of cards, the gauntlet and things like that have all come from the Market Movers app um, from, from Sports Card Investor. You can also go to Market Movers app and use No Off Season uh, as well for your first month as a dollar. So it's definitely a great resource. They've put a lot of work into it. It keeps getting significantly better. So feel free to go there and get uh, uh, a little nugget from your no off season team. So without further ado, 
I brought it up briefly, but we're going to talk about the Dominator Fantasy Football Draft Kit first. Andy, why don't you give a little 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 salesman pitch for this and what it meant to you to potentially put this together? Well, man, we've got rankings for all the top 300 players in your fantasy drafts. We've also got a round-by-round -round strategy, depending on whether you're picking at the beginning, middle, or end of your draft, looking at optimal drafting strategy for uh, single QB leagues, super flex, dynasty startup leagues, uh, looking at uh, half PPR, full PPR, no PPR, you know, depending on the scoring format, the league setup, and all that kind of good stuff, we've got a strategy for you, including uh, player bios for, I think, over 100 of the top players. And, and uh, yeah, we put a lot of work into this, a lot of thought into this, the projections and the analysis behind where we're drafting each player, understanding position scarcity, uh, understanding where... Uh, workloads and projections fall off between each position. And so you can maximize, you know, your draft and, and get the most out of it. So I see that you have put on like it, it. So for those of you that are aware, you can get a little snippet of it uh, for free, but it is a $29.99 resource. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. There's a full on spreadsheet of tons of data in here and you can export it into Excel, CSV files, however you want to use it. Uh, but if there's position breakdowns, there's position ranks, projected fantasy points, auction potentially values, and then it's got some stats in there as well. So you're not having to be completely in the dark about some of those guys later in your rounds. If you're in round, you know, uh, 10, 12, something like that, and you've got it, you're just trying to look for somebody, let Andy recommend somebody to you rather than you thinking that you know what you're doing. And uh, because we don't, we just fairly, we just don't. We don't spend as much time in the game and around the game as andy does so just trust andy just trust him and and the, him and paul worked on this together i know that um so it looks like you also have some mock drafts on here as well so the video on youtube that is on here that you get when, when you do the 29.99 subs or uh, like pay for the draft kit what are they getting specifically in the mock draft section so, yeah, I do, I do a, a full mock draft, 18-round mock draft, a single quarterback half PPR league. It's a real money mock draft. Um, and I go round by round and give you my strategy of where uh, I feel that the athletic talent and the workloads drop off from position to position and where I'm targeting certain pl uh, players. And, and this is arguably from the most difficult draft position. I think I draft from the number six spot, or it's like the number six or the number eight, but it's around that middle to back end of the first round type of uh, section. And, and that's probably one of the hardest spots to draft from. So I talk about the beginning and the end, but I, I ultimately pick from the middle. And yeah, I talk about our tiers as I go through that as well, because the tiers are very important to understand. So that that just gives you more flexibility. So if your league mates snipe a player that you're after, you don't all of a sudden go until and you're like, oh, crap, what do I do? And you just pick the guy that's on top of the rankings, not really knowing what to do because you're tilting. Well, I give you a tiered scoring, a tiered ranking system that'll show you guys that are comparable to the guy you were going after. So in case you miss him, then you can pivot and get a guy that has a similar talent profile and workload upside. And that'll help you build uh, the best the best roster from any draft. Cause I mean, a drafts are all drafts are different. They're all, you know, living, breathing organisms and they have to be, you know, approached differently. 
That's awesome. And of course, the guy that uh, mows our property shows up right as we are trying to record a podcast. So I'm going to be in and out of muting. So if I'm ever talking and you're like, Kendall, I can't hear you. Can you just let me know before I get too far in a thought process? <laughs> but um, yeah, so so I have a league that I've been in in uh, a dynasty. Well, it's a half. It's a part dynasty league. We keep one player, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, Keeper league. Yeah, so yeah, that's a great great way of putting it. So we do this where we draft like a guy if he got drafted last year in the ninth round or something like that, you can keep him, but it's for two slots higher than it was previously. So for instance, last year I drafted Joe Burrow in the ninth round. I'm going to put, probably keep Joe Burrow on a seventh, um, just because I don't really have anyone else that I like on my team. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of guys that I would have to keep with like one, two, or three rounds depending. We could because of the trades that I made over the season. Um, but a Burrow with the seventh round, how do you feel about that? I think that's right on point. I think that's right where Joe Burrow's current ADP is. Um, and you're so like in a home league, you may have guys, especially if you live in the Cincinnati area, there's going to be guys reaching on Joe Burrow probably a lot earlier. Josh Allen's current ADP in high stakes fantasy football drafts, and he's arguably by consensus the number one quarterback off the board in a single quarterback league is going about the third round so burrow in the seventh it's i mean it's that's about where he goes honestly that's about where he goes he goes after guys like kyler murray jalen hurts he goes kind of in that uh mid-tier of quarterback he typically goes before guys like he goes around the range of dak prescott sometimes i see people drafting joe burrow before dak prescott russell wilson kirk cousins that kind of range, he definitely goes right around there before those guys. Yeah, I'll just I'll give you guys a little nugget. Anthony or Andy, not Anthony. Andy has ranked him in the uh, number eleven spot. So uh, I don't know exactly what round that ends up being. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure you just said it, but uh, after Trey Lance, you want to talk about how you compare those two guys? Well, it's just a lot more passing upside with Joe Burrow, and there's still a lot of uncertainty with how Trey Lance is actually going to play. We still have very small sample size. He made a nice pass to uh, Danny Gray this past preseason game. Uh, had a couple decent uh, schemed runs, so that's promising. Like the the reports from camp and the very small sample that we have from training camp is promising. Plus, he has a rushing upside, just a rushing floor in general. Uh, based on his athletic ability and the fact that Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, is going to design an offensive system, kind of fits around his strengths. So there's definitely upside, and Trey Lance is moving up draft boards. But I'm still taking the 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 safety and the security, almost like drafting Joe Burrow uh, at, as a floor pick, and as well as upside, just because the division they're in, the shootout game potentials, and the fact they're going to throw the ball a lot more. Um, and they've got uh, some of the best weapons, arguably the best weapons in the game, and they're going to throw the ball out. So um, little little feedback there, Kendall. I don't know what that was. Yeah, that was wild. Sorry. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it depends on who I've taken earlier in drafts. And if I'm approaching it from a super flex standpoint or a single quarterback, because in a single quarterback league, if maybe I took uh, Debo Samuel, for example, at the end of the second round, now all of a sudden I'm more inclined to take a Trey Lance, especially if Trey Lance falls to maybe the fifth or the sixth round, maybe then I go ahead and take that stack because it is important to stack players, right? If if Debo Samuel goes off, now he does have some independent rushing upside, so maybe it's not the best example, but if, if you're taking Jamar Chase at the end of the first round or T. Higgins in the second round, you absolutely are looking to stack them with Joe Burrow 
in the sixth or seventh round. You know, it just makes sense because anytime those guys go off, that means Joe Burrow's going off. And if Jamar Chase having a number one wide receiver season, T. Higgins have a number eight wide receiver season, then Joe Burrow's going to have a great season as well. So, you know, it, it's, it makes sense to stack those guys and get the most amount of upside um, from those picks. So you feel like you feel a little bit okay with reaching for those Bengals wide receivers if I am going to if I am going to keep uh, Joe Burrow just the- theoretically in your little bubble if you're going to keep a if you got one of them you're going to reach for the other two even if it's maybe a half round away or a round away absolutely I think Jamar Chase would be the most obvious example of especially like in the first round you don't want to get cute the last thing you want to do in the first round is be a hero so if there's any players that slide past their adp the adp is going to be the sharpest in the first round um and adp is just kind of dictating what the current market value is or average market value is for a player and if if there's any player that slides even just a couple picks past their adp or if you're like a pick four or five and you're on the fence right jonathan taylor's already off the board chris mccaffrey you know, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, you're sitting at pick five. Don't even think about it. you got Burrow locked up in the seventh. You're hitting that Jamar Chase button. And if T. Higgins is there, I'm I'm a proponent for taking both of those guys. They're both every week starters. You know, they both have a at least a thousand receiving yard floor if they stay healthy all season long. All right. So let me let me ask you this. The typical strategy that I've ran for the past, you know, uh, five-ish years has been two RBs first two rounds, then a receiver RB, receiver RB until about the sixth or seventh round. Try to see if I can sneak into that top tier of tight ends right after the first couple of guys, or I guess maybe not top tier, but right after that tight that top tier tight end. Last year, for instance, I got Kyle Pitts, I think, in like the eighth round. Um, and then I draft a quarterback around the between like seven and ten. Would you say that that is a uh, meta that still needs to be used, or is that have I been wrong this whole time, or is there a different strategy that you would prefer? I no, I actually like that strategy. I think you could even go RB 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 this year, uh, especially in home leagues, because there's a lot of wide receiver talent that is later on in the drafts. There is absolutely a running back dead zone in those middle rounds between like rounds four to round seven. I would rather be hammering a tight end and wide receivers and locking down my QB at the back end of that range instead of trying to get running backs because there's a lot of questionable workloads like running backs there's very few bell cow running backs in the NFL anymore you're really looking at a a volume of of opportunity drop off and and this also is important if you're in a PPR standard league but if you look at the running backs there is a clear drop off when you get to the range of even even Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, Brees Hall, James. After James Conner, you start to drop off. You could even put David Montgomery in that category after that. But that we're only looking at like the top 12, maybe 15 running backs that have that bell cow type of upside, like three down workhorse upside. The rest of them after that are all in committees or could end up being a backup. Um, they're in split backfields and maybe they don't even get a lot of the receiving work or maybe they only get the receiving work. And so there's a lot of ambiguity there. There's not clear cut workloads. And that's what we're looking for in running backs. We want clear cut workloads and talent profile to execute that workload into a lot of fantasy points. And so 
we look at that, man, it, the, it's it's really uh, there's really 12 or 15 guys that offer that upside. The rest do not. All right. Yeah, that's exact. OK, that's what I was hoping you were going to say to me. But then I'm going to throw a scenario at you that I've you've talked about two separate things kind of at this point. And so I'm going to get to create you a situational thing based around what we've already talked about. Okay. okay. So every year, my league, we, we do this thing where we gather in Canton, Ohio, and we do a draft combine to, uh, to figure out who, where, who picks what pick. We don't go off of last year's expectations. We all do like some sort of random, like for instance, this year we are uh, like our first combine thing is you have, it's like the quickest person to make four uh, cornhole bags into the hole and then, like, that's the time that you get a four cornhole bag. So it's like something like that. Last year, we had this thing where we had to run around with a watermelon, like a slippery watermelon. Anyway, so we do like five to six stations. Usually it involves chugging your favorite adult beverage or something like that. Uh, anyway, we just try to make it fun. Um, but we've had this keeper league for a while. So there's a scenario. And I, you know, I'm not trying to toot my horn here, Andy, but I'm on the more athletic side of most of these guys. And usually I'm the more sober one in the group as well. So that typically I end up getting a better draft spot than most of them. Plus I get, I get, plus I get to like, you might get first selection, but that doesn't mean you get first pick. You get to pick where you want to pick. So uh, usually I end up around like uh, one to six there was one year that I actually tried to strategically pick the 11th pick so I could be on that quick back turn and get, um, but I don't, I didn't like doing it. Uh, and I got, you know, I just, that's a different strategy that I don't, I don't want to do anymore. So I've heard that it drops off pretty drastically um, after the fifth round pick this year. Is that correct? Or after, uh, the after the fifth selection. It, what's what's the, your scoring format of your league? So we're full PPR. Okay, full PPR. Yeah, yeah, it, abs it absolutely does. Single quarterback. Um, single quarterback, full PPR. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely does. I mean, it really does fall off. Yeah, it falls off pretty quick, man. There, there's some interesting second round guys. Like you can start off wide receiver, and there's some few running backs in the second round, like Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley, uh, that I really like there that have. Uh, three down workhorse upside with a good receiving profile. So, he so here's the the scenario I'm going to put you in. All right, let's say I get I get top of the draft. You know, I get my my selection of wherever I want to draft. My keeper is Joe Burrow in the seventh round. All right, so I, I'm missing a seventh round pick for Joe Joey B Joey Burr. And uh, do I go ahead and go for like that third or fourth pick um, or fifth where I think Jamar Chase will end up getting sniped? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, let your let your league mates. Yeah, you can let your league mates get Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. The only downside there is Christian McCaffrey. No other running back has had as many uh, full PPR points as Christian McCaffrey has over the recent years. So if Christian McCaffrey is is going to stay healthy all season yeah, long, then healthy. you absolutely want you want him. But he does have a higher fragility rating, um, and so obviously Jamar Chase is a lot younger. He's got a very safe floor with Joe Burrow. So you know I like it because if you get him in the fifth, then on the way back you can get a Saquon Barkley or an Aaron Jones or or even a um, an Alvin Kamara or Leonard Fournette 
you know, there's questions obviously around um, Kamara's suspension, if he's going to get one this year, or maybe it's going to get delayed till next year. But those are the kind of guys you can expect in round two. So you could go wide receiver running back and then potentially get another running back in the third round, like a Travis Etienne, if he falls that far, you know, um, it, it depends. Like, do you have any inkling of how your league mates have drafted? Are they pretty sharp or are they, have they been kind of more all over the place? For the most part, they're sharp. Then we have one guy that's an absolute wild card. Like one time he put he took Lamar Jackson in the first round, <laughs> like pick four or something like that. And it happened to be the Lamar Jackson's MVP season. So I think he ended up doing fantastic. <laughs> but at the same time, everybody was like, what are you doing? Uh, but, you know, he also we also did a one um, independent defensive player or IDP one year. And he took J.J. Watt in the first round. So you just absolutely never know. <laughs> like, you never know with one of the guys in our group. But uh, for the most part, they're pretty sharp. So I actually I actually wouldn't expect Travis Etienne to get to uh, the third round, probably. So um, just because they, they believe in the upside, they believe in Trevor Lawrence, you know, they, that connection. They, they're sharp enough to know that that's not, it's not such a deep play as it was, you know, um, you know six months ago. Yeah, so you may be able to get – I still like, you know, just because you have Joe Burrow in the seventh, I absolutely think your strategy should be to get Jamar Chase somewhere in the middle of the first. Um, you could go Chase. You could get a running back, and I absolutely would recommend getting one of those guys I mentioned in the second round. I wouldn't handcuff him with Mixon because then I think that's too much uh, Bengals exposure, and there's just uh, fewer pathways for Mixon to also get his 25 I hate mixing anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. There you go, man. <laughs> that makes it easy. So I'd go. I'd be looking at Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, uh, even uh, Javante Williams or Leonard Fournette, just because there's massive upside with uh, Javante Williams um, on that on that offense. So, and then you have Travis Etienne. That's also there. Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb. I I'm fine with those guys in the third round. So if if possible, I would like for you to start wide receiver, running back, running back, and then in the fourth round. Then you can look at maybe a um, another wide receiver. This is when I would target another wide receiver, maybe like a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen, uh, one of those guys on the Chargers. Um, there's also, I mean, there's a lot of wide receiver. You could po potentially get a Michael Pittman Jr. there. Uh, he may be gone already. Uh, you may be able to get I like, like a DJ Moore. Allen Robinson is out there. Um, so another, another high octane wide receiver, incredible talent. That's going to have a safe floor with a lot of upside. Um, and then in the fifth, like if you're and then in the fifth, now all of a sudden you could target a tight end, like a guy that's been slipping in drafts a lot is George Kittle, Darren Waller. There's ambiguity around their target shares with the new offensive, uh, look, but they're still very incredibly talented tight ends that have finished at the top of their positional categories for the last, you know, few years. And I think they still present a lot of upside that people are going to regret not picking at their current ADP. Like they're totally pay off at a fifth round ADP. And then you've got Joe Burrow. So sixth round, now you're coming back and maybe you're getting, if you, if you missed on a Kittle or a Waller um, in the fifth round, which I don't think you will, you could come back in the sixth in and get like a Rashad Bateman or a, a Juju Smith Schuster is another guy that may be moving up, but, probably not moving up enough as uh, he's definitely going to be the chief's number one wide receiver, maybe a Gabriel Davis in that range. So you can see a trend there. I'm targeting like talented wide receivers where that would be and talented tight ends where that would be a running back dead zone. You like, you don't want to be picking like a, a David Montgomery 
in that range because the, the chances of them paying off their at their current ADP is okay, but there's not a whole lot of upside there, right? I mean, the Bears' yeah. offensive line, we already saw Saturday. I mean, Fields already got sacked like four times or something. I can't remember the exact number, but he had a couple sacks, and he was facing uh, insurmountable pressure in the limited time we've already seen them. I just, it's going to be rough. Like he's going to, if anything, I'd go Darnell Mooney would be my pick. And then maybe Fields slightly if you've missed on a, on a quarterback. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so I hope you guys got a little bit of value there. I hope you guys got some, uh, some fantasy perspective. Of course, those of us that are in sports cards, almost all of us are also playing fantasy football as well i mean i feel like nobody doesn't play fantasy football at this point my wife logged a team last year so i mean you've everybody's got some sort of investment here now whether they check their lineup all all uh season or not like that's that's not a part of this equation but everybody loves a good fantasy football draft and so uh it's fantasy football draft season over the next four to five weeks um, or wait, now we're at three to four weeks, I think. So, um, yeah. most people, if they're wise, stick it in that last, last week. So you can avoid all the injury speculations and stuff like that. Uh, all the, obviously there's a lot of suspension talk this year. So go forth and prosper in fantasy drafting zones and fantasy drafting and also uh, football card selling season. So, uh, Let's move on to a our segments um, since we've been able to talk about fantasy football quite a bit. I'm sure it'll come back at some level in this conversation, uh, or at least football cards in general. But Andy, we love to t- well, we don't love to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. These are our L's of the week, my man. Did you have any L's of the week, or did you just fly high into football season and you're just loving life right now? Yeah, so an L for me is really like a hold <laughs> um, because okay. I'm I list all my cards via buy it now. So I you know I have cards that I haven't sold for you know a year and a half that I listed a year and a half ago. Prime example, I have like four or five Daniel Jones slabs um, that I haven't been able to move for the past year and a half, and I'm still holding them. So that was one of my biggest L's, um, you know. And and those uh, the reason why like. They're not PSA 10s. They're more base cards. So I've got a couple optics, a prism that actually just cracked out of its slab because it was a PSA 8. Um, and so I've got that one out. I have. I feel like I'll have better success flipping that one raw. But uh, at best, I'm probably looking to break even on his cards now. I'm very, um, I'm very hesitant to say that he is going to actually have any decent performance, even with uh, new head coach Brian Dable. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to really have to prove it out there during the regular NFL season for to get collectors and investors hyped back up for his cards again. You know, it's the writing's on the wall for him to become a backup after this year somewhere. Mm. And he has had some pretty ugly throws that have come out of uh, training camp and mock practices. So, you know, it was his his first preseason appearance was decent. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know, but he is my L right now. I'd say he's one of my bigger L's. Who's the backup for him? Oh, uh, let me see. You know, that's a good question. Honestly, the New York Giants. Um, it's Tyrod. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is Tyrod Taylor. Yep, good call. Yeah, I thought there was Tyrod some Taylor. sort of like expert veteran back there that was expert veteran. That's what I'm. That's what I call somebody who's been a number two quarterback for a ton of time. <laughs> um, but uh, Tyrod, man. 
I the reason I brought that up is because um when I so we use Sleeper. Uh, do you use Sleeper? I do. So shout out to Sleeper. You should sponsor us. Uh but anyway, um they have like the recommended like trending people or whatever. Apparently Tyrod did pretty well this uh this week in his preseason game. So uh I'd be scared. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and Ty- Tyra does have a really good athletic profile, and he's definitely flashed before as a starter. You know, I mean, it wasn't for that doctor accidentally puncturing his lung that gave rise to Justin Herbert. Um, and then he got <laughs> what a got, wild story, right? What a wild story. And then he got injured again in week two with the Texans last year that gave rise to Davis Mills. So, you know, Tyrod may, may over the course of an entire season be better than Daniel Jones, but he is 33 years old. That's like, so it's going to take when you're that old and we've already seen you a bunch in the NFL, right? It's going to take just that much more good performances and stringing wins together and stringing performances together to get collectors and investors excited and hyped up about your cards enough to really drive the price up a significant amount. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So my L of the week is um so can you hear that? Is that super loud? No, it's it's mostly blocked out. Okay, good. Um, so my L of the week is around a baseball player, obviously. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. getting hit with an 80-game PED suspension. Like, not only was he one of the top five players in the game, but then he's trying to rush it back for the Padres who just went out and got Soto, you know, like from the Padres perspective, they have Machado, they have a full on pitching arsenal. They just got Soto. They think they're going all in. They're getting Tatis back in like three weeks, probably to make a strong, healthy run at a world series. And then this news comes out this week. He's got an 80 game suspension for steroid use or peds uh you know whatever that looks like and his excuse is it was a topical steroid cream for his ringworm that he got first off that's an l for tatis that he had to like act like he had ringworm um tatis and the padres organization have had a very very strange relationship over the past couple of years he hurts himself uh you know like i think he was like riding a motorcycle or something and it just wild stuff has gone on he's like they don't fully have the trust of tatis tatis is kind of a wild card anyway he's kind of like one of those guys that's like make baseball fun again type place but at the same time he is also just an absolute wild card and as an organization i would want to uh like have more stability in your star profile player which is which they do because you could argue now that juan soto is their star player but so anyway fernando tatis jr had wildly investable cards over the past you know 15 uh probably 15 months like the even his bowman set where he was coming out of was going for crazy money and if you look at tatis uh like now if we look at his 2019 let's see let's look at his base uh bowman um or like his most common card is the 2019 psa 10 chrome uh rookie so it is down over the last seven days it is down 26 percent 
So the twenty six percent drop in seven days, and over the last thirty days, I'm sure it's even larger than that. Um, so it's kind of wild how you see this guy come on as just an absolute stud in the game, and then like twenty five minutes later. He's just like almost worthless to own and everybody is selling it. And interestingly enough, there's a guy on TikTok, Andy. You'll like I don't know if you're a TikToker, but uh, there's a guy on TikTok that has a small um, following. His name is like Charlie's Cards or something like that. He was documenting the fact that he put his out of five Fernando Tatis 9.5 up on auction on Golden um, like two weeks ago. And um, he was hoping that it would get around the same money that Acuna got last year, which was like two seventy five, two hundred seventy five thousand dollars. So his card goes for like forty k, so much less. Obviously, this was two weeks ago, and he was just like, "I can't believe this." You know, like I, you know, I sent a card to an auction. We've talked even on this show about like uh, about how people have gone to auction with cards and didn't get what they thought they were going to get with it, and we're pretty disappointed. This guy is talking about that on TikTok. Then this news hits like five days later and he makes another TikTok. He's like, I'm grateful. I'm great. (laughs) Can you, I mean, like it went 40 K like, you know, a week before it came out, then it would have probably gone for like maybe 10 to 15 K. I would assume after that, like, so, I mean, like the high end of Tatis cards um, is low. But so that is I didn't I'm not affected by that because I actually don't own any like high end Tatis cards, which is good because I he kind of rose so fast that I couldn't really get in on any of his tat on his cards. So I'm not personally affected, but I would say that's an L of the week for the hobby in general. When one of the biggest cards or the biggest players in a sport all of a sudden has a massive like uh, PR hit um, mm. on him. So. But uh, I don't know if you have any response yeah. to that or we can just jump to the W's. Well, I was actually, you made me think of, um, you know, you're talking about a really recent event. Um, so I would say my biggest L from this past weekend, specifically preseason uh, week one, was Antonio Gibson of the Washington Commanders. He actually fumbled his second carry of the game, which mm. immediately led to Brian Robinson, the rookie from Alabama, getting the the bulk of the uh, first team offense carries, which he converted into a touchdown uh, had a pretty impressive yards per carry average of like 4.3. And so it's like, okay, at this point, Antonio Gibson does have a great athletic profile. He's got a breakout profile, but the commander's brand as a whole is down. And now he's like slowly being taken over by Brian Robinson. They also brought back uh, JD McKissick. So Right now, Antonio Gibson is in a squeeze. He's had a little bit of a fumbling issue. If there was one like elite talent in the NFL that has regressed the most from his rookie season, where his rookie card values were at, it would probably be Antonio Gibson from a skill position standpoint. And he was hot for a while. I mean, everybody was like Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, blah, 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 blah. you know, and so, um, man, that's that's really sad. I I didn't walk. Okay, how much does the preseason matter, Andy? (laughs) <laughs> not not very much really only thing that i'm looking for is like if if a team is resting their entire first team offense and there's a guy on the field it makes you think why is this guy on the field it's because they're evaluating him because he could be pushed down the depth chart so i'm really looking to see you know who's being rested and then who's out there and trying to read between the lines of what the coaches are are doing sort of speak so i'm really looking for workloads with the first team offense and where who they're resting and who's on there who's out there on the field Hmm, interesting interesting um i 
Also, just I don't know if you can see this, but I don't see any comments. Are you seeing any comments? Are we just totally missing them? I uh, I don't I don't see any comments. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I'm okay if nobody's commented. I just didn't want to be missing people's comments. You know, this is the first time I've looked at it from this point of view. So, um, if you are out there, feel free to put a comment just to see if it's working. But feel free to also just enjoy football talk with Andy. So, um, yeah, I, I the I I've watched some of the. Um, I actually put a bet down on on a preseason game no it's just me modern crime and cards we love you anyway um let's see if does this work boom all right that's nice now i can hide and there's a star feature that you told me about look at this we're we're living and learning guys so i actually did put a bet down on a preseason game which i felt like an absolute idiot but i believe so much what the browns are doing they were they came in at negative uh or at a minus one so they had to win by at least one uh, and I was just like, I can't imagine Deshaun's like first game uh, in a Browns uniform. He's going to start. I can't imagine he's going to blow up to against the Jaguars and not win that game. So, OK, whatever. So I, I put it in and then Deshaun comes out and does absolutely horrific. And then I, and then the Jags go up 13-0. And I was like, oh, no, you know, like I'm, lo- I'm going to lose ten dollars. Uh, and so uh, they ended up winning and it ended up fine because my guy. Ford, who I talked about last week with you and Paul Hickey, um, ended up, I think he had like two or three touchdowns. So uh, pretty wild. Yeah, Jerome Ford is an interesting prospect there uh, for the Browns. Uh, man, they've got some serious running back depth, and that's why yeah, they do. You know, I mean, they're looking at Kareem Hunt as an expendable asset. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, not, not a great start there, which it's just weird that he was on the field anyway. So it's kind of awkward. And yeah, yeah I, I couldn't read much into that, but definitely. I wanted to think that the Browns were just like, hey, man, we believe in you, you know, so we're just going to put you out there right now. And then Jacoby's going to start the rest of the three games. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I love the Browns. I'm still cu- curious about what's going on right here, but that's we don't have to talk about that because let's jump to W's of the week. What was the best move of the May of the week for you? The best move of the week for me arguably was um, selling my Tua. <laughs> selling my Tua Tagovailoa Opticalo SGC10 for almost $200. And then nice. I sold a couple more uh, base-rated rookies. One was yellow. A couple, a couple of others were base. And then I sold a lot of field levels. So Tua is very hot right now, and he's a sell for me. And uh, I'm taking considerable amount of profit because I was buying him last year. Uh, during the middle of the season, whenever he was struggling and dealing with injuries, and and you know, then they go out and get Tyree Kill, new head coach, bring in Chase Edmonds, strengthen the offensive line, bring in a couple other wide receivers uh, like Cedric Wilson and stuff, and now all of a sudden, Tua's got a ton of hype uh, heading into 2022, and I am selling. All right. I got some absolute bathwater in 2019, I think, with Tua. I invested hard in Tua, and then he came out, and I think whatever season, I don't remember exactly what season because the last five years have been super wild and just generally for all of us. Uh, I don't remember what season it was, but I lost a ton of money on Tua uh, and um, just had to sell for like 
fractions of what he was worth. And that's when I decided I'm not going to buy football cards anymore because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm doing. So, um, you would have just held those, man, for a couple more years. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> just a couple been. more years. The way I was looking at it, I was like, dude, I don't know if he'll ever play again. You know, there was a, there was a period of time where the Dolphins were in shambles. Plus, and a little update, I have gotten rid of some of those Dolphins players on on my other Dynasty League. I don't know if you remember talking to me about that, where I ended up having eight rostered, uh, eight free agents that signed with the uh, the Miami Dolphins all on my team. I was like, are you kidding me? Anyway, got rid of some of them, so um, we're in a better spot now. But my W of the week, um, so I, you might not know anything about this. That's totally okay, but for the listeners – there, it, I was, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the MLS. I talk about it a lot. I talk about American soccer a lot. I talk about uh, just international soccer a lot. I'm a big fan of baseball and soccer. And one of the things that I do is I'm a season ticket holder at FC Cincinnati. And for the past three years, it has been horrible to be a part of it. I've been a season ticket holder for five years, but the last three years specifically in Major League Soccer have been horrible. We have set the record and then set and then topped our own record for the worst performance for a year possible. The goal differential, we set a record for the worst goal differentials, and then we set it again the next year. And just we're, we're just so bad to watch. We've changed our coaching staff, I think, four times in three years. It was horrendous. It was just an awful situation. But then finally this year, we were able to put some stuff together, and we're in the playoff hunt. And we have two players with X uh, with X goal, which is a, a soccer saber metric, in the top five in soccer. So it's just like it's fun to watch, all that kind of stuff. But I've been buying Brandon Vasquez cards over the uh, over the past like year or so, and then I've actually like tempered my expectations on that. And I have two buddies that have bought like wild amounts of Brandon Vasquez cards. Well. This year, he's gone. So his past three or four seasons have been two goals, one goal, one goal, two goals. This year, he has 15 goals and is second in the Golden Boot race um, for the most goals in the MLS right now. And um, his soccer transfer market profile evaluated or evaluated him last year at five hundred and fifty thousand dollars of value or transfer evaluation. And right now, Brandon Vasquez. Um, so. The Chivas came up and offered Cincinnati five hundred thousand for him, assuming that they just went on transfer market and offered exactly what they thought he was going to be worth, which is hilarious to me that an international club with a total scouting department just goes online and offers what the computer says he's worth on some random website. But anyway, FC Cincinnati said no, and they wanted a five million dollar. Uh, uh, purse to him, which actually I think is fairly cheap for what Brandon Vasquez is worth. Um, because if you look at the likes of Daryl DK or something like that, DK scored less goals, was younger, but was less effective per goal and per game. And he got 10 million from uh, West Brom from, uh, from Orlando City. So um, FC Cincinnati is sitting on a gold mine here with Brandon Vasquez, and now it is. It is, uh, in fact, heard that he is being pursued by Leeds United in the Premier League, who already has an, an American coach and two U.S. men's national team players in their starting 11. So uh, Brandon Vasquez fixing to probably get the start for the national team at the World Cup, um, and he's going to be a striker there. And his cards, like 
two months ago were twenty dollars for a, out of twenty five Chrome. So now those now those cards are selling for like two hundred and fifty dollars a piece. So quite the X factor on a guy. So um, I, that's my win of the week is Brandon Vasquez from FC Cincinnati, my home. My home team player um, is having quite a spike in card values. And interestingly enough, Andy doesn't have any autos out there. So he his cards are like colored parallels. Uh, so it's unique that like a card like uh, like this out of 25 orange and this teal out of uh, out of 99 are interestingly enough, like some of his really this or oh, 299 are some of his really desired cards because there's no autos out there. So, mm. um, interestingly enough, it's a wild situation with no autos out there, uh, or at least like, uh, top certified autos. Obviously there's on card stuff out there, but, um, so that my win of the week is, is holding some Brandon Vasquez cards and, uh, and I'm not selling that until he gets onto the world cup roster. So confirmed on the world cup roster. Nice. I actually, I actually do have a hockey card that I sold on ComC, COMC.com. I've held yeah. it virtually. Um, it looks like I purchased this back in 2020. And I've held this Nikita Kucherov Panini Rookie Anthology score update uh, that I got for $4.50. And I just sold it for 20 Hey! So I think you might have beat inflation. that's what i always think about is like okay how many years am i gonna have to hold this would i just be better like holding four (laughs) dollars so uh but anyway um i i didn't know you were into hockey cards well you know living here in tampa i i definitely i bought some basketball and some hockey cards when i first got back into the hobby in the summer of 2020 Uh, and i put a couple hundred dollars on com c and uh, was working with my buddy Brad, um, and he was like, you know, we were going through the major sports and talking about how good the Lightning was. So, yeah, I bought some Nikita Kucherov cards at the time. Yeah, the Lightning have been pretty incredible over the past couple of years. Looks like we got some comments rolling in, and one of them actually about Cincinnati. Brandon Vasquez is a Cincinnati MLS GOAT. So modern crime cards, that's what I'm talking about. Hope you have some Brandon Vasquez as well. Master flipper. Uh, So we also have a guy that I actually thought about this earlier today. I thought about this earlier today and I was, I wanted to ask you this question. So I'm glad that uh, Anani or whatever your name is. uh, I'm sure it's Anon because that would make more sense. But Anon um, asks Kyle Trask looking sharp for the bucks. Trask cards are still cheap. Okay. Andy, this is highly controversial because obviously you love the, I mean, like you're down there in South Florida. I'm pretty sure bucks are your team, right? So yeah. you, are you a Brady guy? I'm assuming you are. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. He's, he's been our savior from the Jameis Winston days. <laughs> That's fair. Now, do you think Kyle Trask is around when the, when the, the, uh, the handoff happens? Man, you know, we still have Blaine Gabbard on the roster, and Blaine Gabbard's a veteran, and um, Blaine Gabbard, you know, plays has been playing a lot better. Uh, reports from camp are better. Um, his Even his preseason performance, like if you look at the limited, you know, time he had, he still went he went five for five, so it wasn't a big sample size. Um, Trask did go 25 for 33. I, just, I think, obviously, Kyle Trask is going to be around for the duration of his rookie contract, and he does have some – 
some interesting statistics from college. You know, he had a very interesting career at the University of Florida. And when he did finally get playing time, uh, he did have some pretty clutch moments and he put up some pretty decent uh, numbers and accuracy statistics. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see, um, but he's slow. He's not athletic, so he's really got to develop as a passer. Uh, hey, big time. neither is Brady. Yeah, neither is Brady. <laughs> so he's learning behind the best. And he, he's obviously went to a big college, SEC school, um, and just learning behind Brady. So there's naturally going to be hype for that guy. And I've seen like his card values kind of stay buoyed. They're not as dirt cheap as, say, a guy like Kellen Mond. Like Kellen Mond's even cheaper. And Kellen Mond has a better athletic profile, better track record from college, yet his rookie cards are going for even cheaper. And and that probably has to do with him being behind Kirk Cousins versus Kyle Trask being behind Tom Brady. And also, you know, the colleges they went to. The Gators, a big uh, college program. Bro, bro. You cannot be hating on my Aggies right now, Andy. <laughs> you can't be comparing them saying that the college program wasn't good enough. You're hurting my heart. These are just factors that I see kind of playing into how much demand there is for these guys' uh, rookies. I but literally I... have like maybe 15 football cards left from my football you know, hiatus. And um, I have one autographed Nick Chubb card that I love. It's awesome. It's an Immaculate Auto. It's freaking cool. Uh, and then every single other one other than that is a Kellen Mond card. <laughs> nice. So I would like it if he uh, did something. But I think I think his values would blow up if Kurt, if Cousins ever got hurt. I mean, you're going to look at Kellen Mond is probably going to blow up in value like instantly overnight. Um, so he's probably worth to have some exposure to because he is a quarterback. And it's like, why not? You know, like this too, I just sold. Why not take $50? of that and buy a Kellen Mon autograph card and just stash it. You never, you know, you never know what's going to happen is eventually at some point, kind of like Jordan love, they're going to get a, a starting opportunity at some point. And the athletic profile from college is pretty dang good. They could absolutely convert and execute that. And, um, and with, with how little people have seen of them in the, in the NFL, the hype could just blow up overnight. So it is football selling season unless you're buying guys like Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond. This is the time to do that because it's like you don't want to overpay for a guy that may go down in value, you know, after he's like his team doesn't – he's not winning. He's not in the MVP consideration. There's so much going on. So people tend to kind of like focus on those front runners. And, uh, you know, this is the time to take those flyers and because injuries happen every year. We, we're better at projecting workloads, right, and opportunity share – than injuries because they just kind of happen sporadically. But, you know, uh, injuries happen every year, and you never know. Like, Bring on uh, the Mon show. That would be so fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I might be a millionaire by the time it's over. <laughs> like, we already saw Mike White cards going back up. Like yeah, I saw, like, <laughs> dozens of Mike White transactions, even that's though it's so likely true. Joe Flacco will probably start the season while Zach Wilson's out. He's had a better camp, better preseason than, than Mike White. Um, he's got better, you know, he's a former Super Bowl quarterback. So he's got better, you know, experience in the NFL. But let the Mike White show go on, man. Come on. <laughs> let Flacco just retire. Come on. Hey, there's a no, lot of Mike White I, fans I, out there. I know. I know there are. And his cards are just wildly popular. I don't know why it's such a guy that has such a weird cult following. And maybe it just happens to the way it happened last year. 
But geez, you even mentioned Mike White. He sniffs the field for the Jets, <laughs> and people are like dropping hundreds of dollars on his Just, rookie tickets. Dude, they're like Zach. Who are we? <laughs> yeah, know, Mike White. Cougar hunting no longer. Geez, yeah. uh, man, like w- the Jets fans are wild. This guy says I've been liquidating everything but Matt or but Patrick Mahomes. Um, well, it is football selling season, so hopefully you can buy back into other players um, after that. Mahomes is uh, is uh, still – I like him. I still think he's good for the future. I'm not sure if he's quite Brady like what we uh, what everybody's narrative was you know, a couple of years ago. But uh, we will remain to be seen what happens with him and Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, I imagine Juju and his brother will have quite the TikToks uh, going on. So you're going to be – a uh, very um, marketable team. We'll just put it that way. Um, yeah. So buy of the week. Let's go ahead and jump to the buys of the week because this kind of involves a buy of the week. So uh, buy of the week is our next segment on the show. Andy, who do you buying this week, my man? Oh, man. Um, yeah, so a lot of what I'm looking at right now is, is sleepers and guys that um, – haven't like that are that are coming out right so one guy that i've invested quite a bit of money into on the very low uh the end of last week was zay jones on the jacksonville jaguars because this is a guy that has a lot of draft pedigree second round pick he also has a pretty impressive um athletic profile he got drafted to the buffalo bills was kind of misused that deal with a little injury and then you know he got buried on the depth chart behind a bunch of guys, Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, you know, and then he gets dealt to the Raiders. And you, he was also dealing with Josh Allen's rookie year where Josh Allen really struggled with his deep ball. And that did, that's what Zay Jones kind of game is on the outside X receiver, you know, go and, and win deep. And so then he goes to the Raiders and then he's buried on the depth chart there. They had uh, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Darren Waller. And so, there's a lot of moving pieces in there, and he didn't finally break out for the Raiders until the end of his contract with them. He was actually the highest-performing Raiders wide receiver in their playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and he had some other really clutch catches and stuff down the stretch, and that earned him a really nice, solid two-year contract here with the Jaguars, part of them picking up all these skill position players, and he's already been breaking out all over the place with Trevor Lawrence, and if you're expecting Trevor Lawrence to take a big – step in year two zay jones is going to be his number one receiver on the outside um it's still yet to be seen who gets more actual production that offense between christian kirk and zay jones but they're like the 1a 1b you know the jamar chase t higgins combination that's the combination for jacksonville jaguars and they get the commanders week one a very winnable game for jacksonville and i think we could pick up a lot of hype really quickly for the Jags, especially if they win that game, Trevor Lawrence, new coach, you know, get his get his running back back, and Zay Jones, a key part of that. I think you could easily see Zay Jones put up two, three touchdowns week one, pick up a lot of hype, and I'll flip those cards for you know two, three. What I buy, I'm literally buying optic rated rookie autograph cards for five, six dollars, you know, ten dollars out the door with shipping, so very cheap. So you you can also get a uh, a Christian Kirk rookie ticket for around thirty five to forty five dollars currently. You feel like that's a good flippable item as well? No, no, I feel like that's toward the higher end of of a range. And now, unless it's numbered, like if that was numbered out of ninety nine, 
Um, I, I would take some flyers on it around 30 because I feel like I could flip it for 60 to 70 after a big week one. And I love Christian Kirk's athletic profile and everything. Um, and he had great production last year with Kyler Murray. But I, I, the, based on the price point that I could buy in on Zay Jones at, that's where I'd prefer to put my money on the uh, the Jags offense right now with guys that are that are hyped up already with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Um, yeah, that's that's where I put my money. Is I, I bought a silver prism rookie ticket auto Zay Jones for ten dollars. And with shipping, it was like, you know, 13 or 14 out the door. So that that right there, now I can relist that for 40, 40 to 50. And I know I'll have no problem selling that. Nice. Yeah, that's a good that's a good buy. Good buy for sure. Especially when like Christian Kirk's probably the name people will recognize there. And so like immediately when a guy is, is producing, you're just going to be like, oh, my God, you know, like that guy. Who is that guy? I got to go sign and see if he has any cards. And of course, Andy will be on the one on ebay that is receiving those bids so uh that's a, that's a good buy of the week my buy of the week is a guy that i've just continually been saying you need to go buy this guy you need to go buy this guy and i'm going to continue to say it until he gets closer to the major leagues he just got promoted to double a and he is literally on fire so his numbers through the minor leagues have only been better at one other place than it is right now at double a, which is double a for those of you guys that are not um, like super baseball, like uh, history double a is the level of like, okay, these guys now have more than just one good trait. They have secondary and, and, and tr uh, what is it? Tertiary, whatever the, whatever the secondary and then three things that they're good at at this point. So they might have a good fastball and they're definitely going to have another second or third pitch. So a guy coming into double a uh, is really going to be seen for the first time. Okay. Can he do something other than just sit on fastballs? And this guy is cranking balls right now. He's at a 191 WRC plus, which is a saber metric that puts, um, skill levels uh, across all ballparks at the same at, at the same level. Um, so it kind of puts everybody in a sabermetric, a math equation that puts everybody on the same playing field. And the uh, the 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 league average is a hundred. This guy is, is 191. So he's almost double what everybody else at double A is, and he's 22 years old. This guy is Indy Rodriguez. I've said it a million and a half times. It whether you like baseball or not. Just go invest thirty to forty dollars in one of his like parallels because this guy's very cheap right now, very obtainable. I mean, you can get like high or low numbered parallels for like under three hundred dollars, which is so different than other players in baseball. Like if it, I mean, uh, I mean, for instance, an out of five for Tatis, even with all the speculation, just sold for like twenty five thousand dollars. And uh, this guy is definitely on top 100 list next year. He's definitely going to have a ton of hype over the next 12 months. He's on a Pittsburgh Pirate team that is going to elevate him very quickly. And they just released a top 10 prospects from the Pirates system. And he was ranked number six for the first time ever. Like he's on that list for the first time ever. So people are going to start paying attention. He's one of the best minor leaguers in the game. Go buy some Indy Rodriguez. I tweet it about once a day. Buy Indy Rodriguez. There you go. I hope I just sold you, Andy. Mm, I'm hey, I like the name. Indy. <laughs> so um yeah. So, all right, we're gonna move on to oh Griff's Your dog likes mad. to play too. 
he loves Indy. We watch Indy a lot at this house. Um, we're going to move on to L or uh, cells of the week. And I'm going to put up the graphic, mute my mic while Griffey's barking, and then you can just roll with it from here. Okay. Let's see. Who to sell? There you go. All right, guys. Who to so- sell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who to sell? Who's the sell of the week, bro? There, there's a few guys, um, and I want to talk about rookies because there are some rookies that are seriously, seriously hyped up right now. Uh, arguably the hottest rookie right now is Romeo Dobbs on the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you could look at some of his Chronicles cards, non-numbered autograph cards selling for $100. These are, you know, licensed from Panini, yes, but they're in college uniform. He went to a small school, and they're non-serial numbered, sticker autograph. Don't even have a rookie card logo. That's how much high the demand is right now for Romeo Dobbs on the Green Bay Packers. Um, connected with Jordan Love on a nice touchdown uh, in the preseason game last week. He's been having an incredible camp. I would absolutely look at selling his cards right now. There's a ton of ambiguity in the Green Bay Packers offense, and he is not the the clear wide receiver one by any stretch of the imagination. We have not seen him play uh, with Aaron Rodgers yet in a regular NFL game. And you could make some serious money if you have his cards. I would say another guy going back up, right? Another guy going back up that, um, you know, look at taking profits heading into week one is Baker Mayfield on the Carolina Panthers. He gets that revenge game against the Cleveland Browns. It looks like he is going to win that starting job, although Sam Darnold did get the, the passing touchdown this past weekend. They both had solid, you know, kind of first series performances. But uh, Baker, um, I think he's going to be, once he is named the clear starter, like be ready to sell your cards and and take advantage of, of that because I still think the Carolina Panthers are going to have a lot of difficulty getting anywhere uh, in terms of like a playoff push this year. Um, so I would sell those this week. Um, one more quarterback, one more quarterback for you would be Davis Mills on the Houston Texans. And I, st- I still think he's going to have incredible performance uh, this year. I think he's going to nick- take another step forward in his progression as an actual player and a producer in the quarterback position. So he's probably great for fantasy, especially where you're getting him like in the, the teens, like round 14, 15. And there are going to be a lot of negative game script. But to get out of the AFC and make any type of playoff run, is setting himself up for his rookie cards to go down. If you're looking at what the non-serial numbered autograph card values are for Davis Mills, several hundred dollars, talking probably like $200, $300. It's insane to me. Um, so incredibly hyped up. If you got those, I would be uh, taking some profits. Yeah, so this this uh, modern crime says selling college uni is easy online, virtually impossible at a show. Have you ever – do you sell at shows? I don't sell at shows. Uh, no, I have, I have yet to make my way to a card show uh, since getting back in. But yeah, I have no difficulty selling college uni cards on eBay. There's a ton of demand for them, especially guys. That's all they have out is college uniform cards. And if it's got any type of scarcity to it, like uh, autograph, you know, some nice chrome finish some colors, some some of that appeal serial number, then yeah, you could sell those like easy. I sold a nice Chris Olave that I packaged up this morning. And uh, yeah, I'm moving. I'm moving all that stuff because as soon as their pro uniform comes out, cards come out. They've already been announced. They've got more draft pick sets this year, Kendall. I don't know if you noticed that, but they've got a mosaics draft picks. They got a select draft picks and a prism draft picks 
all getting ready to be released on top of gold standard on top of Donruss that's going to come out uh, eventually at some point, probably October. And those, I mean, those cards are just going to take demand away from some of the current cards out. So if you're not targeting like autographs, serial numbered scarcity cards of, of them in their college uniforms, you really need to like flip it quick, like really quick, sell it quick. Nice. Yeah. And my, my sell of the week would be, oh, uh, I, interestingly enough, I know I was going to talk about another buyer after I just got so hyped up about Andy Rodriguez. I would say buy um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Actually, his prices are so low right now because of the of the news. And I think once he comes back, he's 23 years old. He's going to have at least um, 12 years left in the in the pros if he's healthy. And, uh, and this guy is a guy that everybody loves to love. So, I mean, if, if people want to get rid of their, of their Tatis cards, I understand that. I understand he's probably just killed his hall of fame, um, efforts and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's got plenty of time to recover that image. Um, you know, like people will easily ride off if he's 35, just crushing home runs and, and, and being above restraint, they're going to be like, yeah, he was 23 when that happened. Well, you know, like. Um, and he's rushing himself back from an injury, da, da, da. you know, like there, that narrative could be painted very easily. And so, uh, I, I was going to say that, um, Tatis should be your, your buy of the week, because I think you can snipe it for somebody who's just mad at the situation. Um, but at the same time, Soto, I think is the sell of the week, same, uh, same team, arguably top five player in the game, but his hype is unreal right now, guys. If you have, I I've said this for the past couple of weeks, judge and, and Soto, uh, feel free to keep, keeps moving those guys because their value is going to continue to, uh, to go down um, not that not that they're going to go down but like they're just unreal hyped right now there might be an extra 10 percent out there guys but but don't just be greedy um don't be greedy and, and hold on for that you know hold your bags down 25 percent and then sell go ahead and sell now make yourself a nice profit and go buy some indy rodriguez slash um uh uh wide receiver dude what what is his name from the from the jacksonville jaguars um Get you some Zay Jones. Yeah, Zay Jones. Go get you some Zay Jones out there. Make some flippable opportunities, guys. That's how investing is going to build your portfolio. You've got to sell cards that you're emotionally attached to and buy cards that you're kind of taking a little bit of a risk on. That's just how it happens. So um, anybody else that you would have as a sell of the week? Well, uh, we talked about Tua. Um, like pretty much if, if, if I am holding any of the uh, 20... 2021 quarterbacks and um as Tua Tua's from 2020 but you know if I'm holding Tua I'm I'm selling him right now but if I'm holding any of the 2021 quarterbacks I've invested some money in uh like in November of last season then I'm absolutely looking to liquidate those guys cards all of them have very difficult paths this year to breakouts um especially in making a, any type of playoff run um a lot of those guys are in the AFC and the guys that are in the NFC, I still think are going to struggle. The probably the one that maybe has the best chance is Trey Lance, is because they still have such a great defense. They have great coaching, great supporting cast all the way around. So I know a lot of people out there are holding Trey Lance. I just see how hyped up he is right now. And man, if they if they stumble at all coming out of the coming out of the gates, while there's a lot of other guys just really excelling, then you know. Those wins, that expectation is already baked into the current value of his cards. So the chances of those then going down in value 
into the holiday season are are pretty good. So, you know, you, then you, at that point you hold, right? Because it's going to be in the league for a long time, just like you're talking about um, with, with Tatizia, you know. So these guys that are going to be in the league for a long time, you just hold them through the dip. Maybe even then you buy in again, kind of mitigate the cost that you already invested and kind of bring the average invest price of each car down um and and kind of build up your collection a little bit and so yeah i mean those are the the opportunities that i'm looking at right now in the market there's obviously there's a lot of skill position players as well a lot of them are rookies though rookies and second year players players on new teams that have a ton of hype um that i'm trying to take profits on heading into the season nice yeah and that, and that that's that's well said. I mean, uh, it, I mean, it is quarterback collecting. Feels like uh, at least unless you're like one of the goats at the position, and even then, it's just the upside is kind of crazy. So if you have some of those quarterbacks that you can profit on, um, they're probably not going to be in the Super Bowl very quickly. Um, but uh, then again, that's what I would have said about Joe Burrow last year as well. So <laughs> who knows? What do I know, Andy? What do I know? Um, so do you have anything that you want to hit on before we jump into, um, the, would you rather in the gauntlet? That's basically like, you haven't seen any of this stuff. So you're just going to have to think on the fly. Do you have anything you prepared for that you want to get out before uh, we jump into like the kind of free for all? Ooh, no, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to get into it. All right. So, um, uh, everything is football related from here on out. So you want to hear anything about Tatis or Indy Rodriguez or Brandon Vasquez any longer, so we are going to the first would you rather here. Let's see. Would you rather? Would you rather? There it is. We're going to jump into would you rather here. And this is an opportunity that um, it sometimes can be very confused with a gauntlet. But this week, especially most of the time I give Paul a, a question about like, uh, like one time we were like, would you rather have $200,000 worth of cards or a lake house or something like that? And uh, we kind of often joke about that from week to week. But for this one, I actually have two quarterbacks that are good marketable deals on the, uh, on the um, what do you call it? The market movers app. Like they are some of the best deals that you can get right now uh, on their deal score. And so let me bring this up real quick. Let me, Okay, so if we're looking at Dak Prescott down a thousand dollars from last average sale, and then I'm also going to compare him to the similar price range, so you get about three hundred dollars off to Kyler Murray 2019 Prism. That's around a thousand. I mean nine hundred. I would say that's around a thousand dollars off in terms of their uh, their their um card value so these are both nine fives they're both nine fives and interesting enough they're both camo one's three thousand one's twenty eight hundred essentially this is a situation where both of these guys are uh unique in in the way of like their like the path to how they got to the nfl uh and then like their storylines and all that kind of stuff one of them is like had this big contract situation um you know and he's like the four like study hours of four hours or whatever i don't know what your thoughts on that are but in these two situations would you rather maybe not this exactly this card but which one of these guys would you invest in if you had you know three grand right now assuming that you were going to sell this at some point this year which of these are you picking? 
Man, that no, this is um, this is actually a really good one. Uh, very difficult decision here because Kyler definitely has a better uh, at, athletic profile. He's better athleticism, um, and and the Cardinals play faster. And you can make a case for the weapons on each. Obviously, you got a couple knuckleheads on Arizona. Marquise Brown already got in trouble for speeding, and D Hop is out for six games with his own PED bust that he had. And and the Cowboys are down to Ceedee Lamb and uh, rookie Jalen Tolbert, James Washington. They brought in already hurt, and they're in the market for like a guy like uh, Will Fuller or maybe Antonio Brown. I don't know. It's possible. He said that <laughs> he wanted Jerry Jones to call him. So I, I doubt Jerry Jones will, but it's possible. T.O. also always says that he's available as well. So at hey. some level. <laughs> T.O. So I, I think that the Cowboys uh, defense is better. They probably have, um, they obviously have a bigger market. They have a much bigger market. So ultimately I would go with the Dak Prescott here. Uh, I think that down the stretch, I have, and it's not much, it's not much of any, but at this point, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has become notorious for flaming out down the stretch and trying to, uh, you know, revamp the offense as they're like heading down the stretch and trying to make a playoff push only to make it worse and, and not, not set it up for Kyler Murray to succeed. And that's becoming a big trend and now there's a lot of ambiguity and a lot of question marks. It's a, uh, it's a very tumultuous team scenario with the, with the clause that they put in his contract about studying film. And then obviously he publicly refuted that and was very upset about it. So they removed that. Now you got Marquise Brown being a knucklehead. You got D hop suspended. I mean, there, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks. Plus the market size a lot smaller And they're in the NFC West with the Rams, right? The Seahawks and the 49ers. So I could absolutely see the 49ers and the Rams having a better record than them, which would make it even more difficult for them to get a wild card spot. And the Dallas Cowboys really just have the Eagles to contend with. I don't see the Commanders or the Giants as a threat to their playoff uh, potential. Plus, I really uh, am a big fan of their defense. Some of their defensive skill position players, they got a lot of speed. They bring a lot of heat. And I, I that last year they were one of the top scoring defenses in the league. Now we absolutely expect that to regress, but with the market size and everything else they bring to the table, I'm going to go with the DAC. Plus, you get a higher level of scarcity naturally with the 2016 product than you do with the 2019. There we and go. those 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 prisms come silver out of the box for DAC. And I feel like they probably have a higher gem rate. Like I feel like the cards in 2016 from Prism, when you hold them in your hand, were just kind of made better. They, they feel like they have a little higher quality and uh, definitely are more scarce just at, at, the, at the base level. See, that's the kind of that is the kind of information that you need from a seasoned card vet right there. 2016 and 2019 differences in product differences in, in pop counts, and all sorts of stuff like that. Do you think little little caveat to this? Do you think that either one of these uh, cards are currently still overpriced? Oh, man, it's hard to say with cards this rare because it's probably going to be really difficult to find comps and previous transaction for a card out numbered out of 25. But I would say Dax base prism and Kyler's base prism and some of those short print variations. Like I've seen some Kyler Murray rookie ticket autos, which is what kind of like what I like to go to because it's got that perfect blend of, you know, brand recognition and the the autograph um, asset on the card. 
And, and then also some scarcity, like it's a pretty scarce card being an insert within that contender set. And so I kind of like to look at the value of those. And I've seen some Kyler Murray ones going for just a few hundred dollars lately. Like, I don't know what they're going for this. Like, I haven't checked them in like a two or three weeks, but two or three weeks ago, they were going for a few hundred dollars. And I feel like that was undervalued. And I feel like Dak's value is probably buoyed a little bit better just because there's more scarcity from 2016. And the market for Dallas is just massive. I mean, arguably the largest market in the NFL. So um, I think that Dak's like graded prism, base prism, the silver ones are still undervalued. I do. Um, and I think Kyler's probably are as well. It's just there's a I think there's a, is a harder path for Kyler's values to go up, especially on those base cards because they were, you know, printed more. There's more of them, more variation. Um and, and a higher quantity printed and it's nothing compared to 2020 or 2021, but still it's, it's more between uh, 2016 and 2019. Plus Kyler's the number one overall draft pick and Dak's a fourth round draft pick. So you have right out of the, right out of the draft, Panini's going to print a lot more cards for a number one overall draft pick than they are a fourth round draft pick. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and Kyler's hype was unreal in college and, you know, Mississippi state was, uh, not quite as hyped, even though he was compared to Tebow at the time and all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, great, great, great insight. Paul, Carl, uh, you know, we're happy that you're back. No problem, man. Thank you for jumping back in. Um, Paul's not here today. It's just the Kendall Andy show. Uh, so we're talking a ton of football, but, we're about to jump into uh, – do you have a would-you-rather for me, first off? No, but I'll prepare one next week. You give me there an idea. Go. There's my guy. Um, I didn't expect you to have one, but I just also didn't want to steamroll you either. Uh, it looks like most of the comments prefer Dak as well. Um, but this guy says Tua and Kyler look tiny on the field. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, most of us would look tiny on the field, to be fair. Um I think I'm actually the exact same size as Baker Mayfield. Like I think I weigh and am the exact same height as Baker Mayfield. And so I can look at him on the, on the field and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> so, but, uh, but you know, um, you, you, do you subscribe to that weird argument about, about hand size in the NFL? I definitely think it it has an impact, and I've read articles where people say it doesn't, but I've also I've seen instances where it's led to more fumbling. Like, I mean, I used to love Sean King growing up, and he was uh, always pegged as a guy who had little hands. And I th- I do think when the weather is inclement and you start getting rain and stuff, there's a reason why Kenny Pickett wears two gloves, you know, to help him better grip the ball uh, because he has that first percentile hand size i do think there's a a certain point at which you you know you have more difficulty one just gripping the ball and also like adding additional spin you probably have to grip it further to the back which has a higher percentage of that ball slipping out of your hands and so i think that's why he wears two gloves and um i'm wondering like how much the gloves negate that the fact that he has smaller hands i haven't seen it being a big issue yet for him but when you're in a real NFL game and win, a win is on the line, that's a different scenario. We'll see. Do you think he starts this year? No, no. I mean, Mason Rudolph has had an incredible camp. I mean, Trubisky and Rudolph, I think, would have to tank. Right now, he's the QB3 on the depth chart. And he's, you know, he's looked like a rookie in camp. And um, he didn't look too bad in the, in the preseason opener. But 
he's got a lot of he's got a lot of growth. He's he's got a lot of developing to do. And Tomlin's not going to throw him out there to the Wolves. So it's going to be Trubisky until Trubisky screws up bad enough to where it's costing them their season. Then I think they'll give they'll put Mason Rudolph out there because he's got the most experience with the team, uh, and he's had a great camp thus far. And he can throw the ball. And George Pickens is an absolute monster. They get the their offensive weapons are all healthy. I mean, they have a very explosive offense. It's just the offensive line's not that great, but you know, uh, that's where the mobility of a, of a Trubisky or a Pickett will really you know kind of help those guys. But um, no, I, I don't think he starts this year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had the opportunity to grab Rudolph in a, di- in a dynasty league. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to grab Rudolph off waivers just because I feel like he'll, he will start this year. Um, and I'm not going to start him. It, it's a dual quarterback league. I'm not going to start him, but I will, I will put Rudolph, Rudolph on the bench for me in case he ends up being the guy who starts in Pittsburgh all year. I don't think it's going to be pretty in Pittsburgh. I'll give you that. And I do, I would rather have uh, their running back situation than anyone else on the team. So, uh, you know, there's Kendall fantasy advice uh, go with anybody in the Pittsburgh backfield before you go with, uh, you know, any other positions in, in Pittsburgh, I think so. Um, all right, so I have prepared a gauntlet for you. And as you guys know, typically it is me and um, Paul Hickey that do this gauntlet together. What we do here is, hey, look, it even says Paul Hickey and Kendall McKee of Wild Cards. Yeah, so, you know, Paul was just leaving Andy out to dry here when he's <laughs> making these slides. But uh, when, when we put these together, these gauntlets, what we do is we're like, all right, we, we did this one time like on a whim, I think. And it's been a situation like been a uh, a section for us that we've absolutely just like dove into every week. And it's a situation where we basically put this card against this card and then, then this card against this card and then this card against this card and then see what you theoretically come out with. But Andy, the best gauntlet situations, and you've just done this with the Dak and the Kyler, get talked through. So what we really need to know is like your thought process behind who you're evaluating and why you're evaluating these cards. So what I did was I chose cards between five hundred and a thousand dollars. Given situations, we might have significant, like uh, like we might have minor details that are different for instance if you have one on the lower end like a $500 card and you have a $1000 card that's comparing them we're going to give you two of the 500,000 or $500 cards to compare it to but that probably won't be the situation in this specific gauntlet so here we go are you ready to rumble my friend i'm ready man i'm so ready so you have theoretically you have $1000 here and you're at a okay. show and these are the cards you're buying at the show all right these are the cards you have a situation to buy. So, so uh, um, huge as it is, basically emulates you having bigger hands when you are when you are using a smaller ball. You know, I have I have uh, you know have that problem quite a bit, but well, I'm not the NFL person, so we'll just keep going because that was a crass joke, and we're just gonna go on to the gauntlet. All right, your first two cards. We have a $585 Upper Deck Tom Brady rookie card in an SGC 8.5. This is a strange rookie card from Brady, but um, because it's not the typical one you see, from what I understand. Uh, but it, he is technically in a Patriots 
uh, uh, logo here, even though most cards around this $500 that are graded are him in the Wolverines uniform. But here is a non-college uni uh, Tom Brady star rookie, uh, not not an obviously upper deck versus a PSA 10 Panini tricolor prism, which is much more common probably uh, of Lamar Jackson with a little bit cheaper of a price point. And I'm just going to go out and say, if you were at a, if you were at a show, you could probably get these cards for the same price. Yeah. And, and so I've got a $1,000 bank roll, right? Yes. So, so my, you can't process, choose them both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause they're both, I think solid deals. Cause on one hand, you've got a PSA 10. It is numbered out of 199 rookie card one of the most electric quarterbacks in the league that I think is, is going to have a big year um, with the Ravens. So, you know, that's appealing, but you've got the goat over here and the grade is not so much of a concern. He is in the, the, the Patriots practice uniform here with the number 12, the upper deck victory, man. And, but see the, the thing is here, Kendall, this $550, let's say on average between these two, that's just over half of my entire bankroll. So I've got to think about the, the gambling aspect of it. If I'm investing in Tom Brady, it's just as good as like, uh, you know, investing in a $550 piece of gold. So, you know, especially with the guy still playing and with the guy poised to make one final Super Bowl run here with the Tampa Bay Bucks, I've got to go Brady. You got to go Brady here. I understand it. Mm -hmm. Let me also give you this. What if Brady comes out, lays a fat egg this season? Is his value going to go down? His his value will go down short term as the Bucks are losing right in, into the holiday season. Um, his values will go down, but they'll be buoyed by the fact that he's the greatest of all time. You know, for most for most people, I know some people are still you know have Peyton Manning um, and a couple other quarterbacks up there as their yeah. All -time those people greatest. are nuts, by the way. <laughs> but from a championship standpoint, Brady Brady is the goat clear goat and so and a lot of a lot of statistics but i yeah i mean i still would have to go so you're saying okay i know for a fact right now he's gonna take no this I, I no I, you've already made your pick so like yeah. like you can i'm just asking you like does it do you think this card evaluation can go way down over like like do you think brady's so like where he is already that anything anything he does less than a super bowl is going to bring this value down um no no i don't i don't think so not necessarily no because as the hobby continues to grow as a whole you know brady is he's a, one of those complete enigmas who's you know vintage and modern at the same time to where you know his cards are so rare he's such a a prolific hall of famer but yet still playing but yet still playing at a high level um I, I don't think that they would that would go down a whole lot. It would it would dip a little bit. Maybe you'd find a deal on it for like 350, 400, but is it going to go down to 150, 200? I I don't think so. No, I don't. Okay. So, best case scenario for us as investors, Brady needs to go out there and lay a fat egg so that we can get in at the lowest price point <laughs> and then over the next 25 years we can just, you know, pull out loans against our Brady cards. What what the the ultimate situation would be is for Brady to stumble out of the gate. You know, he's taking 10 days off here for personal reasons, probably just taking a little hiatus with the family before he really goes ham on the season. If he stumbles out of the gate, you know, they got the Cowboys week 1 Sunday night football 
Um, if he stumbles out of the gate, let's say, and the Bucks are like four and four uh, come November, I absolutely see his prices dipping. If he's not a front runner for MVP, the Bucks are struggling a little bit. But then you buy in only for him to make a playoff push in December, squeak <laughs> into the playoffs and make this run to the yeah. Super Bowl, win it. Boom. Now you make a ton of money. So what? what's the Brady card that you want? What is the Brady card? Do, is there one? The Bowman. The 2000 Bowman. Base Bowman. A Bowman Chrome, even nicer, but it, just give me a base Bowman. And in a slab, I got to have it in a slab because there's too many that fakes out there for Brady. So do you have one of those? No, no. I do have an impact. I have an impact. He's in his Michigan uniform. Um, it's graded, but I, I don't have uh, the Bowman. The 2000 Bowman is where it's at. That's awesome. All right, so you, you've chosen Brady against Lamar. All right, so w- the Brady has won, so he's going to stay on the left side of the screen here. All right, the next card that you go up against is a $691 PSA 10 uh, Hollow Prism Joe Burrow. So a lot of upside for Joey B. Uh, a lot of people like him. It is this rated rookie. Same situation, maybe? Maybe a little bit different, a little more stable. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to think there's a ton of variety for Joe Burrow in 2020. He's got over 4,000 different rookie cards. That Lamar Jackson was serial numbered to 199. I know for a fact that this probably has a pop report over 199, and the, the total population of this card is somewhere in the thousands. Um, so from that standpoint alone, like I love Joe Burrow, right? And he's poised to make another run. We know how incredible it is to get back to the Super Bowl, but if anybody could do it, it's, it's probably Joe Burrow. He's just got that. You could tell he's got that, um, the intangible winning he's got mindset. Dog in him. Got yeah, that he's dog got the in dog him. in him, man. He's got the dog in him. So if there's anybody that makes a, the, a run, I, I absolutely have got to put Burrow up there in my top three of guys that, that are going to continue to make championship runs you know, over the next 10 years. Um, so it, from that standpoint, it's very interesting as a PSA 10, but I'm going to have to stick with the, with the goat here, Tom Brady. So, okay. Let me put it, let me put it to you this way. Would you um, put the Joe under the Lamar? Um, I would for an investment right now, because I think there's a lot of, of success already baked into the current prices of Joe Burrow. And, he would have to be a front runner for MVP through the first half of this season for those prices to continue to climb. Um, Otherwise I feel confident I could buy back in, in Joe Burrow, just like what happened last year. If you were to bought in in the middle to end of November, then you were flipping Joe Burrow cards in the playoffs heading into the Super Bowl for an insane amount of profit. Nice. Nice. Well, Good insight there. Good insight. Tom Brady remains. Tom Brady remains. <laughs> we have him against this card then. This one, I think this is going to... Oh, wait. That's not the one I was looking for. Uh, let's see. This card here is the next one uh, that I know this is a card that is a similar parallel to one that I always see behind you. So... Yep. Does this card mean something more to you? And it being an orange refractor PSA 10, does that change it? It's very nice. It's very iconic. Travis Kelsey is definitely a future Hall of Famer. However, if you, if you look at his numbers, he actually regressed from 2020 to 2021. 
Um, and, you know, he is 33. It's different being 33 as a quarterback than it is for a tight end. I still think, you know, obviously Kelsey's – he probably has a safe floor of, of a top five tight end and, and probably being a top 10 wide receiver just in general if you if you were to look at his receiving numbers at the end of 2022. Um, but I'm, I'm really uncertain if the Chiefs will be able to – make as deep of a playoff push this year with how difficult the AFC has become and how many stacked rosters there are in the AFC. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love the card. I think it's iconic. He's actually talked to Adam Lefko about this picture that he took in this card, you know, um, from his premier event and he had the under under armor shirt on and everything. So I love the card. I think it's iconic. Uh, I like the short print parallel. got some color match there kind of to the, to the chiefs, great grade and everything. But I'm still, I'm still sticking with the uh, the Brady here. All right, still sticking with the Brady. Yeah, if you look at the Chiefs' schedule this year, I mean it's it's insane. If you look at the um, and it's like, man, they could easily be you know four and four um, halfway through the season. I mean, it's they've had a good camp and the hype has picked back up. Like if you you could have bought into Patrick Mahomes' cards. Um, uh, like a month or two ago, and you would have been doing okay right now. Like you flipped them for profit, but I look at their season for the rest of the the season uh, the year. They Arizona, Chargers, Colts, Bucks, uh, Raiders, Buffalo, San Francisco, Tennessee. So you don't get an easy matchup for them until the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's on November thirteenth. You know, and so then they get the Chargers, Rams, Bengals, Broncos. Again, like four weeks in a row after that. So it's their schedule is incredibly difficult as well. So there's not a whole lot of room for error, you know, on, on them like winning games. So I'm gonna have to stick with that with that Brady. All right, cool. Good, good, uh, good analysis here. All right, we got another guy who is a Hall of Famer, um, and a lot of history with this guy. So this is a little bit different. It's a little bit more. Um, it, it's it's probably the like I mean like in terms of a short print wise or, or or pop count. I'm sure this is very slim. Uh, don't have numbers for you, but talk us through this one. Yeah, and a seven grade I'm sure is is great yeah. for a card from 1959. Uh, did you strategically pick him out because he played for the Cleveland Browns? No. No, all these here. came off of all the. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I kept him because of that. But uh, all these come from a deals report for Marcus Market. Okay. Mozart. Yeah, man, 1959. It, it's hard because there is bias for me because I am a lifelong Tampa Bay fan, and so now I've become a big Brady fan now that he is uh, on my team and he's still playing. So, like, I've got a. Uh, 100% belief in his ability to take my team to another championship game this year. So from that standpoint, like this, but this card is so iconic on the right. Like this is one of the grail cards of the entire hobby. And that's not Brady's main chase card. So, uh, and like, I mean, there are arguably very few safer investments than these two guys right here. And that Jim Brown card, specifically because there is no other variations of there's like maybe one right maybe one photo variation of that like one different card maybe that's it uh otherwise that is it and the grade is pretty good so if i was just going to be like buy it and hold it for 
however long years because at some point these two cards you're investing long term for yeah and and see that's the thing with brady too i mean he's a quarterback we understand that the demand that quarterbacks garner he's also got all these championships and there's not a person in this entire world virtually that you can ask that doesn't know who tom brady is or hasn't heard of tom brady there are people that haven't heard of jim brown you know that's true so I mean, ultimately, I gotta I gotta stick with Brady. If if I'm looking at this <laughs> from a sports card and investment standpoint, I gotta right. stick with Brady. Yeah. No, I, I I like it. I think I just think these are uh, that's a hard decision. That's a harder decision than the than than the Travis Kelsey. All right, this one is probably uh, to me. I think it would be the hardest situation because of uh, the positional eligibilities and stuff like that. All right, we got a PSA five Johnny Unitas uh 650 bucks there you go what are you gonna do with this <laughs> well you know if i pass on the jim brown then i i gotta pass on pass on the uh johnny unitas here for the brady but another super iconic card another quarterback let quarterback legend this time so so now you're actually putting a vintage quarterback against the 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 modern day goat and uh, enigma that is tom brady but um man and what's the grade on that a 5ex man just such a such a safe investment i mean probably if you looked at the the chart i mean so so the thing is like vintage cards typically will dip around the beginning of the season when all the focus is on the active players the rookies the players on new teams and uh, that's typically a good time to buy vintage football cards because everybody's distracted from that market and there's people that need to send stuff to auction and and make the money, and they're willing to take whatever market value gives them. Uh, so definitely something to look out for, because you know vintage always comes back. I mean, it's kind of ebbs and flows with the hobby as a whole, and that card's always going to have value, like to the end of time, you know. But so is so is the Brady man. So is the Brady. So yeah, I mean, you're pretty much getting a vintage card on the left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're getting a vintage. That's the thing. You're getting a vintage card of a guy that's still playing at the highest level. So how could you how could you say no? You know, so it would have been Brady all day, every day, no matter who I put up here. Probably. I'm just, yeah, I'm starting to think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK, that's that's good stuff. I, I thought maybe that um, for some reason, I felt like when I was putting this together, um, so that, that's the end of the gauntlet here. But the, the, I thought whenever I was putting this together, I was like, I think I remember Andy not liking Brady that much. Uh, like just being like one of those Bucks fans that's mad that he's there. Um, which is those There's are, Bucks fans that are mad that he's here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they wanted oh, to wow. build their own way, you know. Um, I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. How many, how many Bucks fans do you think I know, Andy? <laughs> No, I had one. Too many. So I grew up in Texas, and I had one friend named Franklin in high school. This dude was weird, man. Like he was a weirdo, but he was a massive Bucks fan, and he had the creamsicle jersey that he would wear every Friday in the fall because that was like that was like him getting ready for game day. Um, and his life revolved around the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he had his creamsicle pirates uh like with the with the um old school buccaneer logo on the shoulder uh and he would wear that thing every single friday uh during football season so that is the only thing i have to compare you to 
um, because I don't actually even know any other Bucks fans um, in Kentucky. You know, so there you go. Franklin's my brother from another mother. <laughs> you and Franklin out there just just enjoying Tom Brady. <laughs> I love I can, it, man. Can, Franklin for sure. He, he was like a guy that was probably already rooting for ba- Brady. Then he was like, like if the Bucks all of a sudden weren't going to make it to the playoffs, he also had a he also had a uh, Patriots jersey that he would wear. You know, like <laughs> one of those guys that just wants to root for somebody who wins. Uh, but uh, this also, um, what's up, bro? You're finally here. I think we're on the downturn of what we're doing today. But good day. The we're, show we're, can start. Well, yeah usually he's here at the very beginning um but uh we're gonna we're gonna snipe him at the very end guys this is typically in the time period where we go to um a live q a for anybody that that is in the chat looks like we have 10 viewers uh one on twitch and nine on youtube so if you guys have any questions for us me and andy are more than welcome to answer any of those questions or all of those questions um so Feel free to drop us a line here, and uh, if you've got any questions for us, we'll stick on and talk about something for the next couple minutes before some uh, some more um, some more questions roll in. But this this is an interesting conversation here. Uh, bigger hands has to help in football, definitely does in basketball. The difference between using an NBA ball and a college ball or a WNBA ball is huge. So yeah, I mean yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, like uh, I think. Um, it was like a really big thing for us when we were in high school, we could finally palm a basketball for the first time. So, uh, palming a football was never an issue for me. Um, I have fairly, um, you know, fairly large hands, so I never had to worry about a football, but I also wasn't throwing an NFL regulation football, Andy. So, uh, did you play football? Uh, yeah, I did. I did play football when I was a kid. Uh, I played up until the ninth grade when I, I was like a late bloomer in terms of like getting my growth spurt. So when I was heading into ninth grade, the kids were way bigger than me. And man, they I got I got knocked unconscious actually in scrimmage before the season started um, heading into ninth, ninth grade. And I was like, I'm going to go back to baseball because that baseball is where I I played from like the age of five to 15. I played baseball every year as well. So I just I went back to baseball because uh, the kids were a lot bigger than me in football. And you grew up in Florida. Yeah, man, I can't imagine how competitive that was. Uh, it was it was brutal. It was very Flo- competitive. And the yeah. two a days get to prepare for these scrimmage games was like our preseason was intense, man. I mean, you were unbelievably sore. Yeah. Yeah. We had two days. I've ever seen Friday Night Lights. That's pretty much what my uh, high school was like. So uh, we actually ended up playing Permian at one point. So um, which is what the movies. Anyway, regardless, uh, it was wild as well. Um, I was uh, six foot in six foot, 190 pounds in seventh grade. So and then I never grew again. So in seventh grade, I was an absolute baller, Andy. You should have seen me out there. I was freaking taking checks. <laughs> I'd have had an NIL deal as soon as I started in seventh grade. <laughs> Just got back a PSA sub with a couple of Optic and Prism PSA 10 Mahomes and Josh Allen. Well, congratulations, first yeah, off. Yeah, man. Uh, originally bought these a few years ago. Sell and take profits or hold? Great question. Yeah, I mean – Josh Allen is arguably the most hyped up quarterback right now heading into the season. So I would say 
you know, why not sell a Josh Allen? Don't sell them all, right? You don't, you don't want to like Hedge this, your bet a little bit. this finally being the Bills year to make the Super Bowl, you know, always been a bridesmaid, but never a bride. Maybe this is their year that they make it. So I would, uh, you know, definitely hold one or two Mahomes at this point. I would hold as well. I mean, you could look at selling him because he's got a little bit of hype. But if you look at the chart from where it was uh, a year ago, you know, it's still noticeably down probably like 30, 40 percent. So you kind of got to hope that they they do come out hot or they finish strong and make the playoffs and you hold to the playoffs. Either way, both those guys still have 10 plus years left in the league. So you can kind of pick and choose where you where you liquidate at, you know. Um, but I, I would definitely look at selling maybe one Allen, one Mahomes right now if you've got some nice profit in them. Yeah, I like selling the um, – I, I actually would, would sell the opposite way. I would say you're more – I would say you sell Mahomes now. Of course, like Andy is the expert on this, but I would still sell Mahomes now because of the question marks with all of their uh, player like personnel overturn and all that kind of stuff. I really think – that Hill leaving is going to really affect the like the escape, like throw the ball up, and maybe he's going to be there throws that Mahomes is famous for. Um, but uh, but we'll see. Juju is there, you know. Kelsey is regressing. Um, the running back situation, I don't, I'm not confident in 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 Kansas City. So, um, but anyway, I would say Josh Allen is going to probably have a pretty good year. So, uh, but definitely uh, what what Andy said about hedging your bet. Um, for sure about like selling a couple don't sell them all <laughs> like maybe yeah. help, maybe maybe sell one or two of them um if you guys if you had uh you know multiple sell one or two and hold one or two maybe um, yeah get enough for it that you get some money back and reinvest into somebody else um or yeah, into your life if there was one guy to sell now to only buy back in maybe in no uh end of November at a low point would be Mahomes, you know, because I mean he still is Mahomes, like he just does things that no other quarterbacks can't do. So I mean, if there's one guy that can make a, a push down the stretch, maybe their defense is a lot better than what we kind of think they they are uh right now, especially just in the secondary, then you know, because they are able to put quite a bit of pressure, man. Their their linebackers, their D line, their edge rushers look good. So, you know, if 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 they do, you know, make a push down stretch and uh, make the playoffs, uh, because they've adapted. You know, Andy Reid is an incredible play caller, incredible coach. So if they adapt, and you know, then that would be a good time to probably buy back into Mahomes towards the end of November for a playoff push. But I think Josh Allen. I mean, QB one last two years in a row. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to really bet against that guy now heading into really his third dominant year, just in his prime, you know, they put so much on that guy's shoulders and their defense is really good, man. So they're, they're, they're primed. Like they're in a smash spot to take away with, take away their division and, uh, make another deep playoff run. Absolutely. Love it. Um, it doesn't look like we have any other questions here, uh, unless you see one of these that you actually just want to to talk through and, and, and talk about. Um, but, uh, I, I have a question who, uh, who succeeds in that bill's backfield this year. Oh, it's probably Devin Singletary, but it's definitely going to looks like it's going to be a three headed monster yet. Um, actually Zach Moss had a really nice run, uh, this past weekend and he was actually splitting time with the second team offense between, between James Cook and Zach Moss. So Zach Moss is not dead yet. James Cook has not taken over any type of job there. 
Um, he's very much in kind of like a red shirt freshman type of role right now. And he's going to have to earn him his way to, to getting touches and high value touches and re- receiving looks. And, you know, they don't really run the ball a whole lot anyways. They've got incredible receiving weapons and Josh Allen. So, you know, it's probably Josh runs the ball too. <laughs> yeah. And Josh runs the ball, man, just as good as, as arguably any, any quarterback. He's got, he's got a good rushing floor, not as good as Lamar, but I mean, he's good. He's just big. He's just a big bruiser, man. Uh, it reminds me of like when Cam would steal touches at the goal line. I, I feel like Josh will continue to steal touches at the goal line. Yeah. 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 That, that's absolutely a possibility. They put so much of, of that offense on his shoulders and it, it's worked out the past two years. So yeah. um, I expect more of that, more of that this year. He fully earned my respect like two or maybe three seasons ago at this point when he was in that playoff game, it was kind of rolling down to the edge and he takes off and tries to jump over somebody and absolutely gets windmilled. I don't know if you're familiar with what I'm talking about. The guy took an absolute blow in the playoffs and just jumped right back up and ran back to the huddle. And I was like, all right, I'm a fan. <laughs> all right. Yeah, like a tough dude, man. Yeah. If the, if the Browns are not in the playoffs, I'm a bills mafia, you know, I'm just so on board with what he's doing out there. I think he's amazing. So, and the Browns could have had him, but we chose Baker instead. So that, you know, that I'm a little bitter anyway. So, all right, man. Well, I don't have any more questions. Looks like uh, like Toa is is nice and happy with our response. Um, so the uh, the um, weekly guest is happy. We're happy. We're about four uh, at to four p.m. Any last words? Usually, um, Paul gives me about thirty seconds to talk about anything I want, and it's kind of like my PTI or whatever. Uh, you know, a little celebration at the end. Uh, if you've got anything, go for it. If you don't, we're signing off. Yeah, man. I'll just uh, quick uh, shameless plug for for my channel, the Football Card Quest. I'll yeah. be live uh, tomorrow night, and we're gonna break down uh, this preseason action. We're gonna look at the games coming up and look at the the Vegas odds and some guys that we're targeting right now. We typically go through like a uh, top ten must have guys for our collections with uh, with my good friend Steve. And um, yeah, and I'm also we're doing an interview that's coming out later this week with uh, with my good friend Carter, the power. I mean, I have a podcast, a quest cast. It's also on our YouTube channel. And we've got a guest tonight, Lou Janu from Vayner Media. And uh, he recently met up with Elijah Moore on the New York Jets and had his picture taken with him, got to meet him, ha- held a uh, black Onyx one of one autograph prism card of Elijah Moore. So we're, we're got him. We're recording that tonight, and that'll be out on YouTube later this week. So some really fun time for football fans and football cards. And looking really looking forward to next week's show as well. Awesome, man. I Next week, I'm going to have some questions about the backdrop here. I, I just got to gotta know a little bit more about the cards <laughs> that are on the wall. So maybe just be an expectation of what you got behind you next week. All right. All right, Andy, thanks for coming on. Guys, thanks for coming on Sports Card Strategy Show, episode 43. I'm going to get that right. Uh, Episode 43 of the Sports Card Strategy Show. We're glad you came. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.